tonight we're having a healing service, and uh, so if you've come in need of healing, you came to the right service. Yay, God. He'll be glorified. You'll be blessed. You'll be set free, and you'll drive out all that uh, has come as an infirmity. And, uh, and the Lord, again, will be magnified in everything that's accomplished in your body. Praise the Lord. How many understand the Lord is not glorified in sickness? He's not glorified in disease. He gets no pleasure out of your trial and test. He gets no, he gets no pleasure out of your struggle in life. But He is glorified. He is magnified when His power is released when His glory is shown, when bodies are healed, when, 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 when broken parts are restored and made well, that's when He is glorified. Amen? That's when He sees that the work of the Lord Jesus on the cross is not going unused. I mean, what, what a thought, what a tragedy to go through so much to, for Jesus to suffer and, and die and, and bear our sin and bear the curse and bear disease upon Himself uh, for that to go unused in our lives today. Well, what, a, what a tragedy that would be. Let's not let it happen. Let's take full, make full use of the glory and provision and healing power of God tonight. Thank you, Lord. There's a good presence of the Lord here, and already uh, we can see that the Lord is at work, and His Spirit, because His Spirit is moving and altering things up here and in here, <laughs> usually in that order. <laughs> but when we start re releasing and letting go right up here, then the Spirit of God goes to work in our body. It's not that God just decided to do it. God's always moving. He's always working. He's always active towards us, but we oftentimes just have to open the door and, and, and get receptive, and then His flow is unhindered and unparalleled by any work of darkness. Amen. And, and how many understand when you turn on the lights in a dark room, there's not a fight, there's not a struggle, but instantly darkness is dispelled instantly without effort without struggle darkness leaves and that's the position we take with the lord today this we are not afraid of the devil <laughs> we are not afraid of sickness and disease we are not nervous about it taking us out all we're going to do is turn the light on the light of the revelation of jesus and what he has accomplished for us and bam just like that Darkness is dispelled. The enemy's work is, is, uh, is blocked. It is stopped. It, or as a, a Old Testament word is, it is stayed in our lives. And he can no longer have his way. Amen? Praise God. The good news uh, for any sick among us is that Jesus already died. So we're not putting up any crosses tonight. He already was raised from the dead, and uh, sickness, therefore, has been defeated. <laughs> it's no longer a problem, and we are simply enforcing that reality today. A person can live in the reality of pain and suffering and sickness and disease and dying early or dying young. They can live in that reality. God gives us the right, <laughs> but it's not necessary because... Uh, Jesus already won, and this deal is already done. 
your healing is already forever settled in heaven. <laughs> the Word of God will not return void. Come on, take that for yourself. The Word of God will never, ever return void, but will always accomplish. Say that with me. God's Word, God's word. works in me. It will never come without His will being done. His Word is alive. It is powerful in me. It is effectual in my body now. Amen. 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 Praise God. Now, one reason that many people, so many people struggle to receive their healing from the Lord has to do with an ex the existence of a backup plan. Now, I want you to think about that. The existence of a backup plan. And what often we call faith, trust, believing in the Lord, believing in His Word, is many times not what it's all said to be. Many times it is a test. We're going to test this out. We're going to try this. We'll give it a shot. But we have a backup plan. If this doesn't work, then this is what I'll do. We squeeze the Bible with one hand, but holding on to that crutch with the other. We're saying, I believe in you, Lord. Huh? But we're holding on to something just in case. Just in case. Amen. We've got to make this go away. Just in case. I want to run up there. Or something. No. <laughs> Amen. Uh, faith in God is shown in our plans as to whether we're going to live well or live sick. What are you planning for? What are you preparing for in your life? Are you preparing for limitations? Now, I've joked with my wife before as we've driven past, a, you know, old people's homes that I have a reservation for you for later. <laughs> but in reality, what, what, what are you planning? What are you planning to, to live without the ability of some part of your body? Are you planning to, uh, to continue with a condition that may be present in you now? Or are you making plans for what is? And what is, I don't mean what is physically, what is in Christ, and that is wellness and wholeness and strength in the physical body. Many people are preparing for the wrong thing. Many missionaries will tell you that the reason for such widespread and frequent occurrence of outstanding healings in third world countries is the absence of options. People approach and they come to these, these meetings and they come to these ministers and they don't have a plan B. 
they're going to look to the Lord. They're going to rely upon the Lord. They're going to believe the word of the Lord. And part of the reason they choose to believe in God is because they don't have anything else that works. Many times they've exhausted what methods they did have or what thoughts they did know of. And they finally fall back and say, it's all on you, God. And then the cry of their heart comes from deep within, gets a response from heaven. But so frequently, we wonder why we're not seeing in ourselves what is clearly established and promised in God's Word. I've been asked many times by believers, sincere, godly believers, should I have surgery? The answer is yes. Do you know why the answer is? I thought you were. I thought you believed in healing. I, I I thought you believed in Jesus that He's the healer and the power of God. But you know why the answer is yes? It's because of the question. If there is a question, that's the answer. Everybody with me? Because it is a demonstration of where that person is. I don't mean condemnation. I don't say, you rascal, you unbelieving, dirty dog, get in there and have your surgery. No. No. But listen, what we're planning for, what we're considering, is a revealer of where our heart is. And we should be very truthful and honest with ourselves. If we are ready at this time to say, Lord, all you... Nothing else but you. I'm taking what is rightfully mine as a believer in Christ. What the word of God promised me. Then jump in. And don't hold on to the edge of the boat. There's got to come a time when we're ready to say. You know when Jesus said come to Peter. And he stepped out on the water. Huh. He didn't grab the tube for his arm you know. And. How many know if he would have grabbed the the life ring? He'd have needed it. It would have been very helpful. And he would have said, See, I knew I would have need I knew I needed this. Man, good thing I had some common sense. Good thing I wasn't just a fanatic jumping out there without a life ring when there's waves and storm I mean who was I to think that I could do what Jesus is doing, walking on the water? And he'd have had all kinds of reasons. He could have put on a seminar afterwards. <laughs> Don't be duped by those faith people thinking you can walk on the water. I tried it, and, and thank God I had enough sense to take the ring with me. And many times people today, oh, well, thank God I... Thank God I loaded up on a medicine just in case. Thank God I have the medicine cabinet full just in case. And see, I needed it. <laughs> Amen. Everybody hear where we're going here? Listen, let me just tell you about myself. There was a time in my life where, uh, I don't mean this to come out wrong or anything like that or sound bad, but. Um, I wasn't married. I didn't have anyone else in the family. All the decisions in the house were mine. I know I'm still the head of my home, but I'm not a tyrant. You know what I'm talking about? Uh, 
but there was no one else involved in my decisions. I wouldn't. There was a, I was single for years as an adult, and uh, I didn't bring aspirin or anything like that into my house. I didn't promote this and tell people to make myself look good. I just knew I don't want that as a crutch, so I'll start leaning on it. I said, well, what if you get a headache? I was forced to believe God. I mean, you could go down to the store and get something, and I could, but you know, it's just a little more inconvenient. I remember a time, I've told this story before, I won't tell the whole thing now, but I was on a missions trip, and, uh, and we had been preaching one night, and, uh, and uh, doing all kinds of stuff, and it was out in Mexico, and, uh, and my head was pounding when we got done. It's like, what is this? Anyway, uh, pounding away, and we had to drive a long trip to get back to where we were staying, and I didn't have anything, and honestly, I don't know. I may have if I had something available. I, you know, pop those things in, and let's deal with it from the natural, and, but I didn't have the option, and, and I, I, did, I wasn't the kind of person who's going to go around asking. Maybe for whatever reason, maybe I didn't want everyone to know I was full of unbelief. I don't know. <laughs> but I, so I didn't tell anyone. I mean, I, that, that's typically the way I am. I'm not just going to share my problem, you know, unless I'm seeking help. Uh, but anyway, on this deal, and so we had this long drive, and so I just said, hey, I'm going to do business with God. This is mine in Christ, and I just, I just started worshiping, thanking the Lord as I'm driving there in the dark, and everyone else is talking in this van behind me, and, and, and for a, a period of time, just thank you, Lord, it's done, thank you, Lord, it's done, thank you, Lord, glory to God, just praising Him, getting my mind off the flesh, because that's temporary, subject to change, my mind on His eternal Word, not trying to get God to do anything. We're not trying to get God to do anything here tonight, acknowledging what he already, had already done. And within just a little while, uh, I don't remember the time, it wasn't instant, it wasn't five minutes, little bit, it was a little bit longer, but the, and I tell you what, the power of God all of a sudden realizing, oh, this, it's totally gone. Oh, it, and it felt better than when it was normal. That's what I've told you before. It went from like a negative to a positive, <laughs> like above normal. Nice, that sounds like God. Anyway, p- people have a, have a tendency to fall back on things if, if it doesn't work. And here's the, here's the deal. Here's why I'm saying all this. That's just not faith. We can call it faith. We can say, I believe in God. And uh, that's not, though, believing in God. It's not believing in what he said was true. It's hoping, and I use that in a human way, not in the biblical way, but it's hoping that something will happen. I'm going to have hands laid on me. I'm going to pray. I'm going to do this. And I, man, one of these times it's going to (laughs) work. You know, it's the mindset. If I have enough people pray for me, uh, man, something's bound to happen. No, nothing's going to happen. It's just not going to work. That's not, why? Because God's withholding no, of course not. He's never withholding healing from anyone. It is simply because that's not faith. It might have a guise of faith, but it's not really what it is. Okay? Faith doesn't have a plan B. Amen. And so... It's not a matter of if God can or if God will. It's a matter of being convinced of those facts. Praise the Lord. 
Now, I, I do want to read a scripture here sooner or later. Uh, so why don't you go to Matthew 8. Matthew chapter 8. Every time I speak on this subject, the Lord inspires me beyond my preparations. Every time. And uh, I'm convinced, not only from the Word, but just through doing these all, this all these times, I'm convinced the Lord is so interested in us getting it right up here. Getting a revelation and understanding of His power and His will and His love for us so that all of us can walk in health. So that we can be set free from physical problems. And live long and be strong and fulfill the will of God for our lives. Understand this though. This is some of what I want to read. Just a few scriptures tonight. But in the Bible and especially in the ministry of Jesus, we find that Jesus did not speak in maybes. He did not speak in ifs, buts, and mights. You know what I'm talking about. No maybes. He used absolute terminology where he would say, if you do this, then this will happen. And if you pray this, then... The Father will do this. If, if you do ask me, I'll do this. And, and, and you see the results that he had were outstanding results. But he was not wishy-washy. He was not tr- just seeing if, trying things out. And the promises he made toward us were also not that way. Religion will water this thing down so much. It will take out the power, strip God's word of its vitality in life by saying maybe and but and you never know and what about if God doesn't want it to and, and you know and all these excuses, all these reasons why it can't happen every time. And let me say this while I'm talking. If ever there's an exception, that exception is always you. If it's true 99% of the time, you have most certainly found the 1%. If it's true for 99% of the people, you most certainly are that 1%. It is impossible to believe God that He will do what He said unless you know it's for you and that God, is His Word is true every single time. There cannot be exceptions to God's promises and provision it's either whosoever will or it's not and if it is guess what it's you it's me it's a hundred percent it almost sounds too good to be true it almost sounds well that like that that makes it really easy that's the point and that's the plan that's the power of god to be so simple so clear so universal for all who would believe that, bam, you can have it and you can have it now. Amen. And so Jesus used this type of language, not maybe. There is no, there is no faith in maybe. There is no faith in if. Many of us have learned, and if you haven't, uh, consider these things. Because uh, many people have been taught in churches that you should end prayers with statements like if 
it be thy will. And what they've done is they've taken a, a prayer from Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane when he was committing to the will and plan of God for his life, which, which was going to the cross for our redemption. And they take that, uh, that, that prayer of, you know, not my will but yours be done, and they insert that into all other types of prayer, and it totally re- removes the power and effectiveness from every other kind of prayer. See, we don't put ifs in faith prayers. You can't. There can't be ifs. Jesus never prayed that way. He, 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 didn't, he, he didn't speak that way. He didn't say, go, you might be healed. Go on your way, your servant might live. Huh? No, no. He didn't, and if he didn't, why do we? And it's one of the reasons, it's one of the ways and the reasons why His power has been sapped out of what we do. And we do things with the same word. We do it in His name and have far less power because we don't do it the same way that He did. And so, Jesus boldly declared what he would do, and then he did it. What will you do? And how many know this is a good plan? Say what you're going to do, and do it. <laughs> that's, a, that's a good model that Jesus gave. He stated what would happen without any physical evidence to back up his statement. But he knew something. And he knew it. He was convinced of it. He had conviction on the inside. Let's stop trying to just act like God is real. He is. I mean, what do I mean by that? Let's just accept reality. He's real. And so, bam, there it is. So how'd you get healed so easy? Well, I just started acting like God was real. I said the opposite, but you know what I mean by that. Not, not trying to put on or fake or put on a religious show. He's just real. Where is he real? Right here, right now, in me, in you. And his power is present to heal. It's just that easy. Amen. Healing is more real than sickness. We shouldn't submit to it. <laughs> okay, Matthew 8. Here's, a, here's an example of this. It says, uh, verse 5, Now when Jesus had entered Capernaum, a centurion came to him pleading with him, saying, Lord, my servant is lying at home, paralyzed, dreadfully tormented. And Jesus said to him, I will come and try to heal him. Huh? Jesus said, I will come and minister to him. Jesus said, I will come and pray. Jesus said, I will gather all, as many people as I can. I will rally the troops. I'll get on the prayer line and on the prayer team. And I'll put it on the website. And we'll get, we'll get on Facebook and let everybody know, be praying for the servants of the centurion. Is that what Jesus did? No. Say, well, what's wrong with that? Let's just figure out if what we do is what Jesus did. 
Instead of, what, what would Jesus do? What did Jesus did? <laughs> and this is what he did. He knew he had something. He knew the, the, the absoluteness of God and what he had given him in his word. And so he just said, ah, I'll come and heal him. Well, how do you know you can? Well, you can read the rest of the story. And he, didn't, he actually didn't even have to go because the guy believed his word. That's another, another subject. Go to John 14. John chapter 14. When you know what you've got, then someone calls you and says, Hey, we need help. Someone pray. Say, well, what's going on? So-and-so, they have this condition. They're in the hospital. Say, it's all right. I'll go down there and heal them. <laughs> now, I know that. So, uh, me? Well, I know that language is quite over the top for many believers today, but depends if we want results. Hmm. Let's be real. Most people who are... Sp- this sounds really bad. We might need to edit this. Most people who are sending prayer requests out all over the land are not getting results. They're not. There's a degree of comfort in that to know that people will pray and are, they care. Uh, but as far as results go, listen, most, most people are praying and doing things and they're not getting results. If so, man, we'd have healing testimonies galore all over the country, all over the world. And uh, doctors would be, some of you are in the medical p- profession, and you, you'd probably be out of a job. <laughs> we don't want you out of work. You're doing good stuff. But, but listen, but if the church would rise up and be the church and be as powerful and as effective as what we've been called to be, Jesus said, the works that I do, you shall do also. And greater works than these because I go to my Father. All right. That's what he said thing is small percentage of people are doing it and it's time for us to step up and be real christians start acting like god is real come on now huh uh john 14 verse 13 jesus speaking here said and whatever you ask in my name that i might do huh that i what can you be any stronger than I will? You can't. I mean, I will is, I will. It's like, it's why we use that language in, in, in weddings, right? I do. Well, you can't get any stronger than that. Huh? If ever you find someone saying, saying I might in the wedding, if you're, the, if you're on the other side of that, you know, uh, marriage right there (laughs) say excuse me (laughs) won't be right back Uh, people are always looking for a way out what if it doesn't work we can't be among those who are questioning the will and power of God and saying what if it doesn't work someone's got to step up and believe God and say let's stop asking questions if God acting like God is not real acting like his word is untrue like he's unfaithful 
Some will say, well, I, I, I don't believe it's saying that God is unfaithful. I just believe that, that you know, he controls these things. Well, the thing is, though, if that were true, and it's not, but if that were true, then we have to go back to this. It's impossible to ever have faith in him. If he can, just because he's God, change his mind for anyone and say, yeah, this is for everybody except for you, then that throws believing out the window completely. Only thing we can believe is God is. And you might believe, and he's in charge. And that's fine. You might go to heaven. But here's the thing. You're not going to have his power working in your life. You're not going to have his supernatural help in your life today. He will not invade your finances and invade your emotional realm and deal with your physical body and cause it to be strong. There must be a place where you say, this is absolutely true. Without exception, every single time, and because of that, right now, it's mine. We must get to that place. Jesus said, and whatever you ask in, me, in my name, that I will do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask anything in my name, I will do it. Will. Do we ever see, see Jesus talking to the Father and the Father coming back to him and saying, you know what, I'm going to get back to you on that. Uh, <laughs> no. No, we don't see that kind of relationship um, as an example for us to follow. But we see immediate response. We see Jesus say, you ask anything, and I'll do it. Look at Acts 14. I remember hearing a story about a man of God that I knew, knew of, met. He was He was paralyzed. He was in bed, and he had, been, he had been studying the Word of God and finding out what it meant to really trust God and believe God for his healing. And he had just meditated on these things so long, he knew it was true. And he was praying to the Lord one day and saying, he said, Jesus, uh, if you came in here and appeared to me yourself and told me I didn't believe, I'd have to say you were a liar. He said, I do believe. He said, I do believe I'm well. I do believe I'm healed. And he said, when, and when he did that, the Spirit of God spoke to him and said, uh, well, he said, he said, well, people ought to be up at, uh, it was like 10 in the morning or something like that. Well, people ought to be up at 10 in the morning. So what did he do? He was paralyzed. <laughs> so he got up. <laughs> I mean, he basically threw his legs, you know, uh, over the bed, couldn't feel them, hung on to the, uh, the bed posts. What was he doing? He's getting up because that's well people are up. And the Lord helped him. He had faith to be healed, but he wasn't. God gave him something to do. What? Get up. What do you do if you can't? What about the guy that had the withered hand and Jesus went in there one day, you know, on the Sabbath day, and he told the guy, stretch out your hand. Well, withered hands don't stretch out. You do it anyway. And as soon as he did, bam, power of God was, was released. 
And when he did that, power of God hit him in the top of his head and uh, went through his body, and he was made well. And he walked. Acts chapter 14 and verse 8 says, And in Lystra a certain man without strength in his feet was sitting, a cripple from his mother's womb who had never walked. This man heard Paul speaking. Paul observing, observing him intently and seeing that he had faith to be healed, said with a loud voice, Stand up straight on your feet. And he leaped and walked. Now notice the condition of this guy. He was there crippled. Did he have faith? Yes, he did. He had faith to be healed, but he was not healed. He had faith to be healed, and he was crippled. Hearing a good message. Hearing a faith-filled message, but still crippled. Until what? Paul said, stand up. In other words, he just had to act on what was real. He had to act on what was true. He had to take what was real and say, this is my reality. And he got up. And he leaped. And he he'd never walked his whole life. So now he only got healed. God taught him how to walk. <laughs> taught him how to jump. <laughs> all, all, you know, all, all, all in one step there. And so uh, someone said, well, what, it, what, what if it isn't God's will? No, 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 no. This is after the resurrection. It doesn't matter what God's will is anymore. I know that will bug some people. But it doesn't matter what God's will is. It's already done. You can't undo what Jesus did because God's will is changing, which it's not anyway. But it doesn't really matter what God's will is. It's already yours. It's already mine. These things are, are accomplished fact. They're not maybes. They're not might be's. They're not ifs. They're not buts. But no excuses. It just is. It's just done. It's just complete. Are you ready to throw caution to the wind? <laughs> you ready to step out of the boat and walk on water? God is here now. His power is present. You can run. You can move. You can breathe. You can enjoy life because God is here. This is reality. This is the present tense of what we live in now. You are healed. Live that way. Hey. Amen. Amen. I tell you what, there's a smile on the face of God when people rise up and just say, bless God, yes. That's true, that's me, I receive, it's done. Amen. <laughs> praise God, praise God, praise God. Thank you.